and the prophet Hosea today, the Lord gives us a beautiful image of sin and mercy. So one of the things about Lent is the beginning of Lent, we look at sin, excuse me. We look at sin and we particularly look not at other people's sins, but we look at our own sins. So it's always good to first look at yourself before looking at someone else. Some people, they only want to look at someone else, look at someone else's sins and seeing all the wrong that they are doing of how they're offending God, of how they're not living the commandments of God, but rather turn it around and look at yourself and say, am I living the commandments of God? Am I doing what I should be doing? See that? So it's a different reflection. Instead of putting the focus on someone else, which some people do, put the focus on yourself in Lent. And that's the beginning of Lent. So we put our focus on ourselves. Not to beat ourselves up, though. So we don't want to go to extreme. We don't want to go fall into the sin of scrupulosity. You know what scrupulosity is? Where you, where you think every little thing is a sin. Like you step on a bug and you say, oh, I sinned. I have to do penance. You know, but that's not, you know, that's not if you do it accidentally. So some people go to extreme with that. It's called scrupulosity. You don't want to fall into scrupulosity. But on the other hand, you don't want to fall into laxity. Laxity is, ah, I could do whatever I want. God will forgive me. I could just keep on living the way I'm living in sin, in mortal sin, and never even look at it and never even see our actions and the effects that they're having on ourselves, on other people, on our soul, how it's hurting our soul, how it's preventing our soul from being in that state of grace. So we don't want to go into laxity either, because actually when you fall into laxity, you're falling into pride. You fall into pride. And pride is where you exalt yourself above God's mercy. And so there, there, there's kind of these two ways, this way of scrupulosity. Pride. There's another way in which you sin and you say, God can never forgive me. God, I, I committed the unforgivable sin. You ever hear that phrase? I hear it. I have committed the unforgivable sin. There is no unforgivable sin except the sin of impenitence, the sin against the Holy Spirit. You know what that is? Father Chris talks about it. It's the sin where at the last moment of your life, you refuse God's mercy. So therefore, God cannot give you mercy because you refused it all your life, even up to the very last breath of your life. It's the sin of final impenitence. Why God can't forgive you? Because you're not willing to be forgiven. You also have to be willing to be forgiven for God to forgive you. So, so there's a, a twofold in here. One is looking at yourself but not too hard, with gentleness, with mercy, looking at, but with honesty and with truth and saying, I have sinned. That's why we do an examination of conscience. We go into the Ten Commandments, seven capital sins are really great. Father Chris just did a series on the seven capital sins on EWTN. And if you haven't seen it, 
Go into it, look at it. If you wanna know what are the capital sins, what are the sins, go into the catechism. Catechism gives you the sins. You know, do the, I can't do an examination on conscience with you. I can't tell you your sins. Sometimes people say, Father, tell me my sins. In the confessional, and I say, I can't tell you your sins. I'm not Padre Pio. I don't have that gift. I can't like read your soul. You have to do an examination of conscience. You have to tell me your sins. You have to be humble. You have to make a good examination of conscience. You have to ask your guardian angel to help you. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten you about your sins and to see your sins as they are. But at the same time, so as you examine your sins, you may see your sins like scarlet or as crimson red. And you may, you may be watching and you may say, Father, I have committed so many sins, unforgivable sins. No, any sin can be forgiven except the sin of final impenitence. Any sin can be forgiven. As long as you're still kicking and you're still breathing and you're still alive, there's mercy for you. No matter what you've done in the past, how much you've gone astray, how much you've rejected God, how cruel you've been to other human beings, how you have broken every commandment a hundred thousand million times in your life, and how you've had habits and addictions that you still can be forgiven. That's the good news. That's the good news of God's mercy. So even if your sins, as you're examining your sins, and they appear like scarlet or like crimson red, then they can always become white as snow or white as wool. Like we have snow out here right now. It's blinding, the snow. When you see the snow, the sun hits it. It's blinding. It's beautiful. Snow is beautiful. It's white. That's the way God wants our souls to be pure to be holy. God does not want sin in our souls. He does not want our souls to be sin because the wages of sin are death. And so when we're in sin, it's like we're in the spiritual death. We feel like we're in the spiritual death. And if you're in sin, you know what I'm talking about. You know what spiritual death is. There's no life within you. It's like, it's like you're spiritually, it's like you're spiritually ill. Like I'm physically ill today and I feel like blah. I feel like just wanting to go to bed. But God has another mission for me to preach to you even while I'm sick. But when you're spiritually ill, your, your spirit is down. There's no life in it. This is where people become depressed. They even become suicidal. You see new purpose and meaning in life. And yet, Jesus comes with his blood and his water. He comes with his mercy. He tells us not to be afraid, even if all of our sins are displayed in front of our eyes. Not to be afraid of his mercy. Jesus even said in the diary, even if your sins are as many as the grains of sand on the seashore, now, if you live by the seashore, go outside and try to count the grains of sand. Some people's sins are like that. He said, even if your sins are as many as those grains of sand, said, all will be drowned in my unfathomable mercy. 
all would be drowned. So if you go on the seashore, like if you live by the sea, and you see the grains of sand there, and then a wave comes, and what does the wave do? It washes those grains of sand. The sands of the seashore are great, but the ocean of mercy is greater. That's what you have to focus on. So when you're in sin, the key is, is first of all, yes, to focus on yourself first, because we need that. We need that good examination of conscience. After you focus on yourself and you see your sins as scarlet or as crimson red, take your eyes off yourself, put your eyes on the divine mercy image. And, and then there's a battle that occurs in here. There's a battle within the soul. Because remember, you're in a battle. The demons don't want you to go to divine mercy. They don't want you to focus on divine mercy. And so there's a battle where the demons will be accusing you of all your sins. And you know what you do when the demons accuse you? Just admit it. Just admit it. They can't do any, if you say, oh, yeah, 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 I did that, yeah, and I did this, and oh, you forgot this sin right here, when they're accusing you. And then what you do is you notice your misery, but you want to come to mercy. And it seems like there's this infinite gap between you and your misery and Jesus, the divine mercy. But there's a bridge to cross that Jesus wants us to cross from misery to mercy. You know what that bridge is? Trust. Trust is the bridge that we cross from misery to mercy. That's why when we look at the divine mercy image, Jesus is coming toward us. Notice his one foot is in front of the other. He's coming toward us, and he's coming toward us with his blood and his water, wanting to make us white as snow and white as wool. And we notice our misery. So we're like Adam, we hide from God. Like Adam and Eve, we hide from God because we feel that we're naked. And God wants to clothe us with his mercy. And so beneath the divine mercy image, what were the words that Jesus gave to St. Faustina? Jesus, I trust in you. As soon as we say that, as soon as we say trust, Jesus, I trust in you, we're building a bridge between misery and mercy. And as soon as we cross that bridge of trust, we're able to receive God's mercy. That's why part of trust is humility. Humility that God can forgive me, that God is a forgiving God, that God's mercy, his ocean of mercy is greater than all the sands of sin in my life. All the grains of sand of sin are in my life. And you just have to, you have to throw out pride. And the other thing that you have to overcome, this is more emotional, psychological, is fear. You have to just overcome fear and just trust. Trust overcomes fear. To trust in God, to say, Jesus, I trust in you. Like to go to confession. If you haven't been there in a, what I call a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, we get a lot of those confessions here. And if you haven't been to confession and you're afraid, and it's natural to be afraid and you're, you're ashamed, you feel shame because of all that you did and you're in the line, 
All you do is you have a conversation with yourself and you say, fear, get behind me. And trust, let me take trust and take the Blessed Mother's hand. Because the Blessed Mother will lead you to mercy. She'll lead you into the confessional. And just pray for a merciful confessor. Pray for a merciful confessor. And people always say to me, Father, do you remember the sins that people tell you? I say, I have a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's called holy amnesia. Holy amnesia. Forget everything. I don't remember a single thing. I'm thinking about the hockey game afterwards or something else. Holy amnesia. Pray that your confessor has holy amnesia. Say, gift of the Holy Spirit, come down behind my confessor. I have holy amnesia. I just forget everything I just said. And when you go there, trust that it is not the priest. It is Jesus who's forgiven your sins. It is Jesus who's given you absolution, even with the new absolution prayer, which I still don't have memorized, of pouring out the Holy Spirit, giving you grace and peace and absolving your sins. And how often can you do this to receive God's mercy? See, in the sacrament of confession, or even here in the Eucharist, you can receive God's mercy or pray in the Divine Mercy Chapel. How often? As many times as you need it. There's no limit to God's mercy. Even if you fall again and again and again, say during this Lent you fall again and again and again, keep getting back up. God's mercy is it's always there. He's always, Jesus, look at Jesus. His blood and his water is always gushing forth. It never stops. And he never, it never goes back into himself. He's always giving. It's always gushing out. It's like a waterfall or it's like the waves. The waves always come. The waves are always coming and sweeping the grains of sand away or sweeping the grains of sin away. They're always coming. They're always constant. It's always there. All we have to do is trust, do a good examination of conscience, know your sins, trust in God's mercy, receive that mercy through the sacraments, especially sacrament confession, can receive it through the Eucharist, you can receive it through praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. You can even receive it by doing works of mercy, helping out your neighbor. But this is how our soul becomes white as snow and white as wool. There's no limit to God's mercy. It's God who does it for us. That's what you have to realize. It's not you doing it, even though you're trying during Lent. I know some of you probably have eaten meat on Friday and probably have slept. But it's not you who are doing, yes, we need to try, but it's really God who's doing it for us. And the more that we trust, the more that we come to God, the more that we ask for his grace, the more that we keep going to his mercy, and the more that our soul will be white as snow, white as wool, alive with the Spirit, alive with God's grace and his mercy in our souls. That's why this is good news. Lent is good news. Lent is tough, but it's good news. We need it. We need God, God's mercy, his grace to purify us, make us whole, new, and alive again. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.